This show was brought to you by Ouch My Ego. OuchMyEgo.com Hey there, John. Hey there, Andrew. How's it going? Going all right. So, a couple of episodes ago, we tackled something called Tokusatsu. Hakaider, right? Yes, we did. Uh, and we touched on a little bit of what Tokusatsu is. Without getting into what the full episode is about right now, John, what is your experience with tokusatsu? Well, aside from uh, what I had mentioned in the previous episode, I have watched a good number of kaiju films. So okay, I'm familiar with it from more than the Kamen Rider and stuff like that. I am a little more familiar with it in uh, this context. Okay, so kaiju, giant monster stuff. You're going to be doing a series on this over at Retro Rocket Entertainment. Yes, I am. My co-host from Video Night, you're going to be with him, Michael Cook. He's been on this show before, recently even. We did Freaked. And Hudson Hawk earlier. Blah. Anyway... Always have to throw Hudson Hawk some shade. Have some shade, Hudson Hawk. Anyway, point is, you're going to be doing a full series of kaiju. I don't know how in-depth. Do you know how in-depth they're going to get? Well, I'd say I know that we're going to be doing some of the Godzilla films, kind of a mix between... uh, Oh, God. uh, It's some of the Millennium films and then some of the previous era films. A couple of those first, I think we're going to jump to a couple of different things. Probably do like Gamera. Heck, I don't, I'm not entirely certain all the ones we want to do, but we kind of want to take a look at different types of kaiju films. Not just... Okay, are you going to try to touch on at all? I mean, because I'm mentioning it right now. The North Korean kaiju? There's one. I don't think so, but that might be entertaining to do too. Maybe just to throw it, lump it yeah. in with something. Okay, because it's, it's really strange not great either but anyway we're doing this one specifically right now and we're kind of dating it because there's something coming up that's basically uh, destroy all monsters sort of thing right now whenever this drops is when that one drops that's the newest godzilla movie american version i want to ask you what do you think of the trailer so far do you think it's a lot of what i want out of one of these type of films i did not hate the reboot American Godzilla. Yeah, 2014's Godzilla. I kind of laughed at at how pissed off everyone was that there was sure. a seemingly lack of Godzilla in this Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it was kind of lacking in what I wanted out of a Godzilla film. And then Kong Island came along and gave you everything that you wanted. That was, yeah, a little... <laughs> at least for me. Yeah. I got the best fun time out of Kong Island, which is maybe uh, decidedly done that way, where it's like two different characters, two different personalities, right? So you have one that's bright and energetic and fun and interesting, and then you have the other one that's more somber and serious. Take me seriously. And then they're going to fight eventually, but not yet, because... What's this new one, King of Monsters? Is that what it's called? Yeah, King of the Monsters, and it's pretty much just all the Toho monsters, or at least all the most recognizable ones, just jam-packed in this film, so... I hope they pull out the stops and throw Smog Monster in there or something. And I always like Baragon, because he looks like a a puppy with a horn. But Baragon's never going to be in anything. Wasn't even in... uh, Well, what did we just watch? We just watched Godzilla Final Wars. This final mission will decide the fate of the human race. This is Operation Final War. Godzilla Final Wars. Now, John, what's your history seeing it in the theater? 
prior to this Godzilla movie. Oh heck, if we're talking about Godzilla films I'd seen in theaters prior to this one, yes. the only Godzilla yes. film I saw in theaters was the terrible 1998 one. All the other go- I wouldn't say it's so terrible, because there's some really cool thing about the camera in that most of the time there is one thing i like lens it. work and that is good there's one thing that i like about it in respect to how it was created was the first bit where before we see godzilla total where he's you know supposedly walking through the city and just kind of have these little subtle things rolls on the car start bouncing and stuff yeah. like that that was a good bit but especially yeah. especially now that film does not hold up too well well there's what's interesting about that one is that all the stuff that's shot from the ground up or from human perspective which is really good stuff that they did in the 2014 one they didn't have it like where a human couldn't be all the stuff where a human could be in 1998 was really really effective once you get to the camera's just god camera floating around godzilla looking at it from any perspective at once then it becomes silly and hokey and the scales of the godzilla or as they call him zilla right well yeah he is is, he is a toho monster canonically as zilla so yes So my experience with this, because I lived in Europe for a while, I missed out on a lot of American cinema. I didn't see movies in the cinema in America until 1985 when we moved here. And one of the first things that I got to see was Godzilla 85. Yeah, see, most of my experience with the Godzilla films are on video. Even 85 was a video cassette that we had, so I've seen it that way. It was also yeah. preceded on the video cassette by the brilliant little short Bambi versus Godzilla. Ah. <laughs> right. So, Godzilla 85, I see that, and I thought that that was, like, it was kind of serious and kind of dark, and I'm a kid in 85. I'm 11 years old, so I don't really connect to what the whole fun point of Godzilla is, especially since it's more serious slanted film, which was actually a Godzilla 84 movie, but re-edited for American audiences, putting Raymond Burr back into it as his cameo appearance from the original American cut of Godzilla from 1954. So I've never been like too into Godzilla and I didn't know that you were. Holy crap, dude, right? Yeah. But 98 came around, and I'm with you. I saw that in 98. But I also saw... I will tell you this. The ever-so-disappointing Godzilla 2000. (laughs) Complete with CG helicopters. I saw that in the theater. I did not see that one in theaters. I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, did I? And I think because it didn't play here. Like, Well, I should say, at the time, here would have been Moreno Valley. But uh, No, it did. It did? It did. But it was like, that's where I saw it. Well, either Moreno Valley or Riverside. But like, it hit our area, but it was like like, nothing. I saw it in the theater, but it was there and gone. It would have, yeah, been like a week's performance and i miss it well that's the same thing when uh the more recent shin godzilla came out i wanted to see that i knew it came out it did not play where i was living in vegas and i think literally i think that was only in like la and new york and things like that just in big no it hit that one had a cinemark engagement screening it was like a special screening but it was like a one night only yeah that's uh, across america so yeah and i really wanted to see that one and so most of my godzilla viewing has been on the small screen but at the same time it isn't necessarily a series that requires you know the big screen for spectacle even even if well some of the films yeah what's interesting you're right what's interesting is like a lot of the stuff that you genre wise that we grew up watching we grew up watching on the four three ratio box and it never needed the well now once we've 
see the actual widescreen versions of it, we go, oh, that's why we needed to see it bigger. But we have bigger TVs that accommodate that now. But back then, we didn't need it. Or we were just, like, happy to see it. Yeah, and know? and that's just it. Like, the ones that I grew up on were all the 60s and 70s ones where they're very silly and goofy. And you forget the human stories that are in these films because they're the least interesting part of it. And it's all about just the wacky antics, quote-unquote, that uh, Godzilla gets up to. Right. So, that leads us to 2004's Godzilla Final Wars, which is basically a remake of Destroy All Monsters, I think. Yeah, with a little bit of uh, Invasion of the Astro Monster, or, uh, oh heck, what was the US title? It's like Godzilla vs. Monster X or something like that. Monster Zero, I think yes. it was. Yeah. Oh, well, that's Monster Zero here. He's known as X. But, honestly, what the heck is this thing? Take it away. Oh, God, trying to explain yeah, this movie. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. John. Okay. <laughs> well, 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 no, no, no. First, uh, I was... I, I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. I jumped way ahead. This movie is directed by Ruye Kitamura. So, well, let me ask you if you remember your first experience with his movies. Yeah, because you showed me Versus. Yeah, okay, so it was me responsible for that. Okay, yeah. So, Versus. Did I make you watch Director's Cut? I don't remember if it was the Director's Cut or if it was that regular one i just saw that we watched it okay do you remember it being excruciatingly long no but i think especially at the time they were watching it i was really into stuff like that so even if it was quote unquote excruciatingly long i probably would have just been like oh my god this is brilliant for whatever (laughs) all right so the director's cut has a lot more circular dolly camera moves where the two characters are standing facing off and then the camera's swirling around them yeah like it's like 10 minutes worth like if you just take all that it's it's just you'd be dizzy and you just have like a 10 minute clip of every scene swirling around it may not have been the director's cut then as best i can tell yeah there's so many of those and it's like why you love this shot why are you repeating it it's just a loop of these shots over and over and they're just glowering at each other ugh some of the cast from versus makes it into final war which is nice to see but versus was like what uh sort of kung fu versus vampire immortal movie yeah it It didn't make sense yeah that vampire immortal and there was i think there was zombies in there somewhere and Mm -hmm. it honestly it's been years so trying to describe that movie is i remember seeing it and enjoying it i think someone had the uh, gun from robocop in it if I remember right. <laughs> Did you see any of his other movies, like Alive? I haven't seen Alive, but I have seen Azumi, and I did see, in theaters as well, Midnight Meat Train. Yes, Midnight Meat Train is one of his best films. Actually, it's a really tight and nice film. Azumi, I think, is just the samurai girl type movie and there's two of them and those are pretty good i also have a movie called sky high that i think i've seen once and i don't remember what it is i still have it but alive is another one that has a director's cut and he likes to go long and boring he really likes it and that that alive is one of those and i think i'm gonna go forward now with this godzilla i think that's the suffering point is that it goes long where it doesn't need to yeah now this movie's over two hours and it really didn't take it be. away to summarize godzilla final wars we kind of did already where it's basically the remake of destroy all monsters and unless you've never seen that one which is very possible aliens arrive and save us from the kaiju they've been going insane uh, attacking relentlessly on us and we take these aliens as face value they've saved us they must be good they must get pop you know we must must enjoy them god 
We must enjoy the aliens. <laughs> this is not one of those kinds of movies. <laughs> yes. It, it okay. might be more enjoyable if it was. <laughs> okay, I, I need to but, replace my drink with something heavier and more alcoholic. <laughs> so, let's break down the kaiju first. Who is in this film? Who are they? Oh. The stars of the silver screen. Oh, I don't have the whole list in front of me, but there's Mothra, Rodan, King Caesar. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the creature from Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster. Which That's is, the sea monster. Yeah, the giant lobster. It has it has a name. Uh, Angiris. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, it has a name. Angiris. Oh, heck, who else is there? Gehidra shows up at the end. Gigan. I have the Toho Collection, Godzilla, Tokyo SOS, and Final Wars double featured Blu-ray in front of me. And it does actually have a legend on the back that has whomever is in this. So, Godzilla, of course, Gigan, King Caesar. Let me ask you, is King Caesar kind of like a remake, redesign of Baragon? Yeah, I'd say so. It's one of the monsters that, I know I've seen the one that he's in, but at the same time, I think I've only seen it once or twice. So, every time I I hear the name King Caesar and it immediately just goes to the sea monster, because I think of Caesar, Caesar Crab. Yeah, okay. Angurius, they actually feature him a lot. Yeah, the armadillo and he's one. With the spiky back. This big giant spider, Kumanga. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Kamakuras. I had already pulled this one out of my mind because I hate this one so much, but Manila is in this one as well. Manila, see, Manila is Godzuki. Yeah, I hate Manila so much. Well, let's get to that in a moment. But I think the one that you were struggling with, the sea monster, is Ebira. Yes, yeah. E-B-I-R-A-H. And of course, there's one called Manda. There's another one called Chrissy. Another one called Lori. <laughs> and Fran. These, <laughs> no. Manda just sounds like, that, that one's like a big old, like, uh, eel dragon. Traditional Chinese dragon. It's named Manda. Manda. But Manda in America. That's funny. Hedora, Rodan, Mothra, Monster X, Monster X 2, and of course Zilla. So you mentioned Manila, Godzuki. The Godzuki is the little littlest Godzilla. It's the son of Godzilla. Shows up out of nowhere. What the heck is up with Manila? Is this just fan service? Well, yeah. This Basically, this film, because it's the 50th anniversary film, it is yeah. sort of a greatest hits collection of the Godzilla franchise, hence why there's a ton of the monsters in here, and throwbacks to all kinds of stuff. Like, the Exilians are, I think they are the same ones from uh, Destroy All Monsters, but they are wearing, like, the little sunglasses that come from the uh, Monster Zero guys. And okay, you, you called them what? What did you call these guys? Exilians. I always thought that they were just zillions, but that's just if you just pronounce X at the beginning of a word, so xenophobe zillions. But yeah, so it's X-I-L-L-I-A-N or E-N? I-A-N-S, yeah, something like that, yeah. It's basically aliens with X-I-L at the beginning of it. It's so nonsense to me. And whatever, okay. Zillions. Well, let's... They are responsible for saving Earth. From this onslaught, but why is there even an onslaught of all these kaiju? Well, for starters, earlier in the film, they lock Godzilla away in the Arctic. So he is now frozen. And by and these two dudes who are watching over him, who I kind of like, but they're terrible actors. Big black dude, a big Samoan dude, and they're wearing Hawaiian shirts and shorts. And I love that. What are they coming here for? They're coming to wake up Godzilla. 
but is it just me, or does the guy piloting that ship kind of look like a really fat Tom Selleck, but then... Nope. Tom Selleck... It's just you. Just me? It's just you. Yes, because my vibe wasn't even fat, but a very, like, the burliest version of Kurt Russell. (laughs) Without the skill. Without the acting chops. Oh, no. I'm not not trying to disparage uh, Mr. Selleck, but, yeah, that in the face, that just kind of what it reminded me of. Just kind of like that, the mustache. You just got distracted by the big old mustache. That's all. The distracting mustache. But really, my vibe was like Kurt Russell. In fact, he looks like he's Zangief from Street Fighter. That's what he looks like to me. Zangief after he retired from street fighting. And then started piloting a drill ship, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, dr- a submarine that also flies. This time you won't be able to escape court-martial. You know what we just went through? I'll only go your court-martial or anything else you have. So just keep your mouth shut. I don't understand this stuff. Like, they don't really get into... Okay, Tokyo SOS is a very technology-based movie, and they get into more of what the technology that they're using is. And here, they just say they got things, spaceships and stuff. Yeah, there's... I was like trying to explain this film is kind of difficult because it is basically just a giant series of nonsense things put together, which I think is the same thing I said about Hakaider, but this elite has, there's more style to this, <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely stuff that borrows heavily from the matrix. Oh God. Yeah. The big thing is I, it really feels like uh, Kitamura was trying to make a completely different movie. And then he was given a Godzilla film. He was like, cool. I'm going to throw in my tale about mutants fighting other mutants, uh, into this thing because I want to do motorcycle chases and weird Kung Fu stunts. And well, now I could throw giant monsters into it too. <laughs> All right. So you just mentioned mutants versus mutants. So the Zillions are these uh, aliens that, hey, uh, we just fixed your problem. Be cool with us. And then they are revealed to be sinister. Now, the mutants are, as typical with anime and kaiju movies or tokusatsu, there's always some sort of science action team, which is, by the way, the name, science action team is the name of my version of one of these. I actually have a character called Electric Tiger Skull, and he is a member of the science action team before something goes wrong and he becomes a masked tokusatsu dude i've not done anything other than a few drawings of it well like i designed a poster but nobody bought it who cares still science action team it's so generic but also sounds cool sat i'm part of the sat but that's what they have always right including like voltron type stuff they're basically a science action team gachaman i think actually ninjas i want to say they are called science action team gachaman uh, it's ninja science Ninja Science Team. Okay. Team. Yeah. So, Gachamon. You see, that's actually... I really like Gachamon. If you're gonna get me to watch some, you know, anime that's tokusatsu style, whatever, I really like Gachamon. That is one that I used to watch as a child, too. So, it does scratch a nostalgia itch for me. I admitted it on the air. Nostalgia sometimes hits me. Shut up. Leave me alone. No, I'm gonna have to run with that now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of sinister, John, you're but- so bad. But yeah, Um, but yes, we have mutants in this movie. But they're not fun mutants. They're just basically super soldiers more than anything else. And there's a rivalry between two of them. Yeah, as as per usual for these sorts of things. And our hero, who is, uh, he has heart. And that's he's the taller and skinny one. Yeah, he really does not look tough in any way. Like he just basically kind of looks like he belongs in a boy band. You know, kind of. So the two rivals, one of them's like, "I'm the best." The other, he's like. I don't, I don't care. 
<laughs> it's like we're, we're and not then their boss is like you're here just to practice in, in the like iron sharpening iron you're not here to beat each other yeah there's so you're not supposed it, to win you're supposed dude. to get better yeah cool it dude and so they have this back and forth about if you don't have a conscience how can you help people we're here to fight monsters yeah so let me ask you did you first watch this or did you watch it this time in japanese or in english which was your preference either I, way i watched it i watched it in english but i had the subtitles on the version i had it defaulted to japanese so it's like it started yes. off in japanese and i'm kind of going like you know i'm just gonna swap it over because when i first yeah. saw this film years and years ago when it you know not the first chance for us to get the film since i think that was even years after i got it i had a uh, bootleg and oh. my bootleg was in english until like oh. the final like three to four minutes minutes which then just that's weird inexplicably just switched back over to japanese and you know no subtitles it was just all of a sudden japanese yeah that's weird because the end of it the last few minutes of it is just godzilla screaming so well it's that there's there's a line there's a couple lines of it's a joke no it's a joke a joke about like translating godzilla's roar (sighs) over my head John. You, you can't see it, anyway. but I'm putting my head <laughs> over my head. It's only because I'm like, I'm 6'4 and you're 5'4. Whatever. So, this movie is, is bloated, I think. Well, it's the, uh, like, one of the f- big major things is all of a sudden the monsters attack, and I think where one of the worst, you know, action sequences in this film is, and it's, we talk, you want to talk about bloat, it's in this one especially, our heroes are going up against Ibera, the uh, the sea monster. Ibera, yeah. Oh, you don't like the people fighting the monster thing? I like the fact that there were actual car stunts and things like that instead of toys, which was kind of cool to see, but it's once, again, I, I like this film, but I remembered enjoying this thing a hell of a lot more when I first saw it, and I'm just kind of watching yeah. this, this segment going, my god, this is really bad, where they're just leaping around and doing all these, you know, wire stunts. Well, well what, wire, what are you saying is bad? Is it, is, it the, <laughs> is it the composite shots that are bad? What's bad about it? Well, it's com- the compositing is bad. The geography of the location doesn't make much sense, because they're supposedly fighting this thing in like a, in a power, in a little power center, and you see bits and pieces that okay the guy's running around the side of a of like a coolant tower or something like that and then leaping off and you kind of get little bits and pieces here that like okay i can see what they're doing but how does this piece together as a whole it's just kind of action shots the editing of this scene you're like no thanks yeah there's no there's the geography of the scene makes no sense it's just it's like shots that should look cool and then they're just kind of pieced together with other shots that look cool but they don't really make sense they don't flow yeah. They don't flow. And at the end of it, yes, our heroes do manage to, to kill this monster, but considering the point of the sequence is for them, for the aliens to rescue us. Well, you know, the scene itself is to show us how amazing our mutant action team is. So, I mean, I think the scene is effective in that sense, but I do agree that the editing is really choppy. So I think you're right about the scenes being, like, storyboard the shot's probably looked great even if they didn't storyboard them just imagine if they were the shots looked great but it's like comic book panels and you gotta flow actually it's really difficult to draw everything perfectly smooth from panel to panel because it's not a movie so you have to excise these huge chunks of action to get to this other really cool shot and that's how it seems it seems like actual comic book panels were edited together like that we know especially later on the 
film, we know Kitamura can set up these action sequences because there's that battle with the motorcycles. Well, yeah, that, that was pretty fun. And that is tightly put together, and you can follow the action and everything there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's silly. There's it's some really silly, yes. It, was that inspired by The Matrix, or is that a thing that John Wick 3 is ripping off? Can it be both? <laughs> can it be? Yeah. I mean, John Wick movies are directed by the stunt choreographers from The Matrix, so... But anyway, I, I like that uh, motorcycle sequence. So, Godzilla movies are a problem with the weird concepts, because they've been around for so long, and being that they're around so long, they're actually just not that weird to us anymore. Unless, I think, unless you're a child who's never heard of Godzilla before, never seen a Godzilla thing, and then you're here, look at this giant monster dinosaur. You're gonna be blown away. You're gonna be like, wow. Like, if you haven't been already exposed to overabundance of dumb CG stuff, you're gonna be like, whoa, this is, whoa, what is this? But for me, Godzilla movies aren't strange. Well, <laughs> they aren't the-, the weirdest of the weird. So when you suggested doing this one, I was like, I know there's one coming out, so let's try to ride that wave a little. But also, yeah, I guess this one is the weirdest of them all. Well, yeah, because this- Because it's Kitamura. Yeah, it's, again, it's like two different films mashed together, and you have this, yeah, this Matrix movie of these mutants, and and we'll just tie the aliens Mutants versus aliens, yeah. Yeah, because they really do tie in more together than, really, the monsters are kind of, in this two and a half hour film, the monster stuff is really the least amount of it. I mean, the- Yeah. The, uh, Isn't the, that the problem with the film? Yeah, because, again, the human stories in these films are usually trash, and we are never surprised by anything other than maybe that the Exilians are essentially uh, android fish people, <laughs> as best I can figure anyway. And right. you're not surprised that they are the bad guys, that they're here to... Here I to- mean, they show up and they look like bad guys. Look, honestly, if you dress yourself to look badass or sinister in any kind of way here on Earth. Let's just go to my favorite to pick on. If you dress up as a spiky goth person, you know, the, the kind of offensively goth person, and you go in and want to get a job interview, right? You don't you don't dress like that. They're not going to see you as wholesome or good or whatever. They're going to be like, no, this person, not really, no. Uh, but if you're still a goth and you go in and you just dress kind of as normal as possible, you can dress in black, What do- doesn't matter, but you dress in normal-ish clothes, the person's going to be cool with you. So these people don't even show up in normie clothes at all. They show up in their weirdo techno-goth clothes and and everybody's like, yeah, open arms. Cool. Yeah. Well, Hi, we love you, and aliens. What, what really just kind of annoyed me also was our lead villain, well, who decides to name himself X. At one point, we see him in a radio station, and the DJ... Was who, that really the same guy? Because he looks kind of different. I guess maybe his hair was different. Yeah, that, that's the same. Because at the end, his hair is totally down, but in that scene, he was it was spikier, I think. Well, that he was there trying to look like he looked normal for us, and the director makes a cameo in that bit because that's the Kitamura's the guy interviewing him for the radio. That's his Hitchcock moment. Yeah. I hated X the moment that he's being interviewed because he just comes off as a total douche. Your name, sir, is X. X. That's right. My real name's too difficult, so I chose X. (laughs) I chose it because I thought it expressed my origins well. You know, like I come from outer space. I'm mysterious, okay. you know. Okay. That. Mm-hmm. That's just like, I mean, even if I already knew that these were going to be bad guys, I've seen enough movies to know what's going to happen in this regard. But it's like, I don't see why he's popular. Comes off like a total prick. Why does anyone? Yeah. Oh, yes. no. He's, they like him because he's hot. 
He's hot. He's an alien. He he looks like a different J-pop singer star. So yeah, he actually as the bad guy when he's in full bad guy mode, he's kind of entertaining. Wait a minute. Ah, forget it. Oh yeah, he is perfectly just over the top and wild and especially once Yeah, his delivery, he does a lot of flippant things where he's like, "Well, like, well, I tried that. Let's uh, try the next thing." Like yeah. when he does that, that's the fun stuff with his character, I think. So there's a scene where uh, a plane gets destroyed on its way to New York City. Yeah. Who's in the plane? That is the UN secretary uh, who's going to New York to start his term at the UN. And he's actually played by Akira Takarada, who played one of the main characters in the original Godzilla. Okay, so that's a, like a really cool cameo then. Yeah. That's it, significant, because I didn't know that, so yeah. that's really cool, not, actually. Not the same character, but the same actor. Yeah, yeah. So his plane gets blown up by, what was the dang creature? Uh, that was Rodan. That was Rodan? Who, by the way, I don't like the Rodan in this. All it is, uh, it's just an action figure that doesn't move. It has no articulation, and it just no, flies and rips no. through things. He does, well, in flight, yeah. No, there's there's a shot of him in, in New York on a tower. Oh, God, the New York scene. Uh, well, uh, yes, that's what I'm getting to, dude. Yeah. No, <laughs> this, is, this is the reason why this movie is here, actually, this- for me. But, but no, there's, but there's a shot City. of him on a building in New York that he's actually moving. It is a guy in a suit. It's a, okay. A, okay. Compared compared to all the other suits, it's the worst suit. So I'm not, you know, not gonna. You're I'll, not defending it. You're just saying it's there. That, now, that, that, what yeah. I what I mean is like when he fights Godzilla, he b- bumps into Godzilla, and Godzilla flips him, and then he crashes into a mountain. All it is is an action figure. It's like the dumbest composite stuff. But let's go back to New York City. <laughs> let me just let me let me let me talk about this New York City thing for a second. Now, Japanese culture, I, I watch um, some YouTube stuff. I watch Asian Boss and I watch uh, Japanese guy Yuta sometimes. And ja- it doesn't seem that Japanese are extremely racist or anything. It seems like they're kind of like, yeah, so about much of the things that we find blah nowadays. So here, <laughs> this scene is very blah blah if you if yes. you go there. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Camera lowers down, and there's a cop ticketing a car. Guy comes out. He's not just any old guy. He's a black guy, dressed as a 70s pin. Yo, hey, man, yo, yo, don't be to my car. Yo, there's also a homeless black guy nearby. So there's two blah blah moments. Depiction of black men that way. Then there's the cop, who is a white cop. Now, did you notice? Because I sure as heck did, and I believe I even heard this on a version that I've seen before, but I, I think they fixed it since then. But you can see what they're saying and hear other words. You change it to Japanese, it's still in English, you hear the dub, because it's always going to be the dub now. No matter what, Japanese version, English version, the same dub. Which is not full of expletives, yet the original scenes were. F-bombs galore. Total F-bombs. The pimp is like, what the F are you doing with my car? And the cop is like, I'm effing towing your car, ticketing your car. I'm effing doing this, right? You can see their mouths doing this. It's rather amazing. Come on, man. I'll be talking for five minutes. Five minutes, five seconds, doesn't freaking matter, because I'm going to bust you up. Well, it's not even that, uh, not just that, I should say. The homeless black guy, like, you were talking about, you know, like, problematic sort of things. That home, the homeless guy just seems very caricature I'll blow your ass all the way back to Jersey. Great! Go for it! Shut the hell up, you drunk! Mm-hmm. Like, you just sit there going... Well, they all, they're all caricature they, Well, they're all like, caricature but I... But even, the but cop, even so... First, though, the cop is, like, 
New York caricature cop, right? The pimp is... 70s pimp. Literally like a, a drawing of a pimp in a 70s comic. And the homeless guy is like toothless and like uh, boisterous. Way too lively for a homeless guy. Yeah, who's you know? just he's just loving what's going on apparently. Yeah, and then Rodan's stuff happens, right? Oh yeah, and there's that sound drop too, just where Rodan flies by oh. and then their hats flap and it's I rewound it. <laughs> I said, Did that what did you see? And LB wasn't paying attention because this is a Godzilla movie and of course glazed eyes happen in my household when you watch an old school Godzilla movie because you just want to get to the fights and there were no fights. Uh, so, I rewound it. Yes, they did. They went there. Cartoon noises for the hats. Which, what is this nonsense? Kitamura was like, this is stupid. Let's just throw in cartoon noises for the hats flying off. Yeah. Because this is a stupid scene. Well, there was also one thing. I thought they were throwing shade at Pokemon for a moment. Because there's How? a what? There, there's a scene where the spider one, uh, spider monster. I think it's in like Arizona or something like that. It's yes. It's, it's uh, crawling around doing stuff. But we cut to a shot of a kid in his house, and he's got no. That is that is Toronto. Well, he's oh, it, but yeah, there's a kid or in Toronto or Vancouver. Anyway, that that kid is eating chocolate and he's playing with his monsters. Yeah, he's got all the, the Godzilla toys. Yeah, he's got all these, all these Godzilla toys, and he's fighting with one, and he throws a turtle in a fire. And he's like, "You loser!" And yes. I could swear that it was that it was a Bulbasaur, but mm. pa- but then I also read they're saying that that was uh, a Gamera toy. But I couldn't, yeah, I th- I don't think it was Bulbasaur. I'm pretty sure it's Gamera. Gamera doesn't have a scene in this movie at all. But it's like so, I I could tell it was a turtle, but I couldn't tell what, and it looked cartoony more so than than the other toys he's playing with, where I would have imagined a Gamera toy would have looked closer to the other ones. So Interesting I, that it's spelled like Camera. So I say Gamera, and you say Gamera. That's interesting. Potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. tomato potato, tomato. Something like anyway, that, yeah. Yeah. Anytime they show the bulk of a foreign culture, it's weird. Foreign oh. to Japan. Oh, the it's uh, weird. The little kid is weird. The the two He's the got... two extras in Australia. <laughs> yes, Zilla but first, up. first, let's go to the kid. The kid is like Augustus Glute from Willy Wonka. They're like, yes, remember Willy Wonka, that that German kid? Let's put him in the Canadian scene. Sure. Okay. And he's got chocolate all over his face. It's bizarre. Thankfully, it's only like a minute long. But then the Australian dudes, who are just like beach Aussies, and then they hug each other. And here's the problem with the Australian scene. It features Zilla. There's no reason, logical reason. This is another reason why this movie is weird to me. No logical reason why Zilla would be at all in Australia attacking Sydney. You would think that that would be in New York. Where it was set initially. Like, they even had it so, like, this aliens moment at the end of 98, where there were all these eggs all over New York, and it's possible that one was still there. So let's hatch it. Whatever. New York is where you have Zilla. And also this Zilla, instead of making a Zilla suit, which would have been amazing, actually, because he could do it. I've seen sculptures. I even had, what, a big gulp that had a Zilla head on it at one point. And that Zilla head in practical little sculpture on top of my soda cup was really cool looking. So imagine a human-sized suit with that Zilla outfit 
They could have done that. Instead, they go for the worst CG I've seen since Scorpion King. Well, that's partially a commentary on the fact, you know, that we did Godzilla and we did it in CG. But, yeah, it's also, that's just the fact that this this film does not have a really that big of a budget. Regardless of making a suit or not, you know, opting to do it CG, it was going to look very, very cheap, no matter what. Now, you think it was a slight or a dig at the American? Oh, scene? God, yeah. At uh, the American movie? 100%, 100%. I know it was a dig at, at that because I know that no one in Toho, at least, particularly liked that. They not, I don't want to go like it was an affront to all they knew, but it definitely was a... They did not like what we did with Godzilla, so when they got a chance to actually do a dig at it, they wanted to do a dig. Right, yeah. Uh, it seemed like it was a dig, and so maybe that... See, see, I don't think it works in the film, though, as a dig. No. In the film, it just stands out because it's the worst CG ever, and it doesn't match anything else. Well, that, and you also have the fact that it is the shortest fight in the film. Yeah, well, that's funny. And, but That's funny, because Zilla was, like, a big thing in America, and then you have Zilla get taken out, like, immediately. That's yeah. funny. Oh, yeah, but that's, again, part of the dig, too, is just that, you know, it's like, what, the line after he gets killed is, like, I knew that tuna head wasn't up to much. Yeah. <laughs> right stupid tuna head you're so the one mutant hero guy he doesn't have this gene in him or, or whatever well, it is no he has he has the gene all the godzillas well they all have it but he doesn't have he's a different thing because his power is like our villain x's power he is going to become a kaiser so it's different kaiser so it's different yeah is. it's different because he's a mutant mutant okay so all the other mutants have this something like gene m or m, whatever m base something like that yeah m base that's what it is m base but all the other kaiju as well have this so they can be puppeted that's the thing so our hero doesn't have that but it is then uh, turned into a super power movie yeah he is uh, where they have like chop socky fight yeah his, his for far too long he awakens his power and glows with righteous fury and stuff <laughs> Yeah, so this goes on for a while. And then, from out of nowhere, from outer space, comes another villain, which is Monster, Monster X. X. Who's kind of really great. Kind of uh, new school Ultraman style monster. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty um, cool design. And then, yeah, then they kind of... I don't want to say ruin it by making it into Gehedra. Monster X 2. Yeah. But it is Ghidorah. Yeah. But it's like, part of me goes, I, I like that creature design. And it you can well, see, you can well, see on, where they his, come from in that creature, but... His his suit has, like, these shoulder pads, but those are also heads. But they, they have kind of have faces on it. So the suit has his normal head and the two shoulder pads, which are heads. But once he transforms, the two shoulder heads turn into actual heads. And it's the three-necked Ghidorah thing. Ah, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of like, ooh. For all the all the Godzilla heads out there, they're all like, oh, yeah, this is great. Well, Kill as a kid, I was more interested in a Gigan's thing because, come on, it's a giant chicken monster that has hooks for hands and a saw blade in its belly. That's freaking <laughs> That's freaking awesome. And then they do Gigan 2. There's two versions of Gigans yeah. in this. The, there's the first version with the hook hands, and then there's the second version with the chainsaw hands. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> well, that's the upgrade after he gets his butt kicked. They just go scoop him up and fix him, and then here's the upgrade. He's got chainsaw hands, and he doesn't do anything with the chainsaw hands. Well, no, he <sighs> he does. Whatever. That's that's how he, he hurts Mothra when Mothra finally decides to show up. Oh, yeah, up. no, I'm talking about, like... Since there, it's a chainsaw hand, and it's basically a, a metal sign. 
Like, if you think about <laughs> heavy metal dudes, it's a metal sign, right? So between the two fingers of the metal sign and their chainsaws, you want to, like, pin somebody by the neck or something, and it would just, you know, they don't do that. They don't go for any extremity like that. He just swipes at Mothra, and poor little Mothra. Yeah, Mothra... Mothra is, like, awesome on her own, and then... The previous film th- to this is called Tokyo SOS, and it has significant Mothra. I actually like Tokyo SOS story-wise a lot more. It actually is much more grounded. That has a character who is working on Mechagodzilla and knows the ins and outs of what to do with Mechagodzilla as far as fixing it, doing all the mechanic stuff that you need. And it's his story. He's actually the lowest dude on the ladder where all these other guys are top gunning and being jerks to him. And they're the pilots. So it's his human story of him needing to be there to save the day and fix Mechagodzilla to save the day, right? Yeah. That is a much more grounded story, and I can get behind that than that- mutants. <laughs> I'm a good mutant. Yeah. You're a bad mutant. Well, it's also... Oh, I've got super good mutant powers? Okay. Well, let, let me back up to one thing. Is it just me, or is everybody except for, like, the five or six remaining humans that we see at the end of this movie, isn't... Is everybody else on Earth dead? Because as far as I can tell, <laughs> they... The monsters completely lay waste to all of civilization, which kind of goes against the uh, the alien's point, which is to turn us into cattle. Because the way it's... Yeah, this dude is like, The world is ruined. There's nothing we can do. Well, there's also something that the aliens say, I think that X says, that's like, you know, we only need to save like five of you or something like that. And it, it, made, it huh. made it sound like they killed everybody else on planet and they only could use these people as cattle. But then I just kind of sit there and go, but that doesn't work very well that's, I, I don't, that's very your logic is flawed if that's what you did that's funny that's Kitamura's like I'm just gonna kill the series <laughs> that's very um Planet of the Apes the second one where the nuke goes off at the end <laughs> and kills everything but it's also and we should probably if you don't know this about the Godzilla franchise it is a commentary on a nuclear war on nuclear weapons it is specifically sure. the everything has always been about this a specific uh, bit of human science that has been put into the wrong hands and hurt so many people and thus yeah, it, has fueled so much paranoia. And it's also why, it, in, at least in the original film, they kill Godzilla because it's, you know, it's such a dangerous thing. No one should have this. It should be destroyed. There's, yeah. there's a, the first Godzilla film is an amazing film, regardless of how it was edited for U.S. consumption. The original film is, right. is a classic for a reason. This? Yes kind of forgets that message because okay godzuki slash manila it's kind of like this weird subplot where this old man and kid find him and they transport him but at one point they're over watching godzilla wreck the hell out of a town because that's what godzilla does even when he's killing other monsters yeah quick sideline godzilla has teleportation powers Well, no, he's just chasing our flying drill sub, you know. But they kind of stopped the film to remind us that, in very brief, like, simplified terms, what the concept of Godzilla kind of was with nuclear, uh, basically being nuclear power and stuff like that, in a, not a good way, because it kind of, like, you hit hit the tree but miss the target uh, uh, yeah. sort of thing. And then, you know, it's then followed by the Godzilla wrestling match and soccer match. Yeah, I like the soccer match, actually. That's it, It's fun. That's pretty good. But it, you just try to give us the message 
a point, and then you completely and undercut. Then you undercut. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it also, <laughs> I, I started going, I'm losing the metaphor here, because also, later on, Godzilla kill the smog monster, Hidora. Wait a minute. Are you saying that nuclear energy destroys pollution? <laughs> uh, the metaphor here is... Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, okay. All right, John, <laughs> I'm going to say it now. I will. I'm going to say it now. You usually tell me to, but don't think about it. <laughs> no, no, this is, this... There has to be... I need depth in my Godzilla films or it falls apart. That's what the 2014 series to now is. That's that's where your attempt at depth is. Not here. Only the very first Godzilla movie. Maybe Godzilla 85 and Godzilla 14. So not... Yeah. Any other Godzilla movie deserves any of that. Death. I know, I know, uh, I know. That kind of thinking. It is honestly only came up to my mind because they kind of stopped the film to bring that up and then immediately undercut the entire point of it. And it just kind of keeps going with that. And I'm just going, what's going on? Why are you doing this? <laughs> right. So every time I watch this, except for the very first time, I end up dozing at a certain point because it's so long and kitamura does that to me i really respect a lot of kitamura's work and his vision and stuff he's kind of an auteur but ah man he goes way too long and that's the suffering point of this where i was just like dozing albion's knocking me like you just snored i was like what but i heard all the commotion <laughs> like because it's a noisy movie but i like this enough but I actually like, on the double feature, I like S.O.S. a lot more, story-wise. And it's really the story that, that I want when I watch something. As nonsense as this, and you want to see all the fights, sure. But the story needs to justify the fights in such a way. And this doesn't have a lot of justification. No. I don't understand how Godzilla can teleport from from Arizona to Japan to, you know what I mean? Well, that's just to it. all these places. Well, that's just it. It doesn't do that. He's not that big. <sighs> no, he's not, he's not teleporting he's not that actually far. teleporting. No, all the other monsters do yeah, those, teleport yeah. at certain points. Don't get me confused. But it's still... It's just a Jason Voorhees kind of way. Yeah, the, He's well, Jason Voorhees, where you turn around and like, how did you get so close? Well, no, the mon... You were like the, miles away. Well, the aliens are the ones for, who are releasing the them in specific areas. So he's only... Technically, Godzilla's only teleporting from uh, the South Pole to... Uh, Australia to Japan. That's really is Arizona. No, he's, Arizona. he's never in Arizona. He fights the spider. Yeah, he fights the fight the spider, but the spider was tel- was uh, transported there by the aliens to where Godzilla was, or Godzilla fights a spider in Arizona. No, to where uh, to where Godzilla was. That's that's okay. like in Japan yeah. somewhere because I think after I want to say after he throws the spider into the sun or whatever he does, I think that might be the shot. <laughs> that might be the shot, or it's either that or else it's it's the one after he fights uh, King Caesar and all and Angelus and all that stuff and has the wrestling match where it stops and he's in front of Mount Fuji and it's like the hell yeah shot yeah well this is yes because they're all by nature by what they are kind of weird especially if you've never seen a movie before but since you've seen a movie before and since you've seen all a lot of these godzilla movies before and especially you john for me this is the weirdest one oh but it's the weirdest in the most nonsensical way it's not in the weirdest in like the david lynchiest way david lynch's godzilla you know it's not like that well, but is this the weirdest one for you is this this uh, even of all the kaiju movies okay of uh, i'll just say of the godzilla 
Godzilla franchise. This is the weirdest for me. Mm-hmm. I remember actually when we broached the subject of doing a Godzilla film, it was after I was watching Shin Godzilla. And that... That has the most horrific looking crap. It is, it is horrific, but it's also... I found it bizarre. It's very much a commentary on how Japan delayed the reaction to uh, the Fukushima disaster. Yeah. But the film is basically a lot of people talking in a boardroom. Yeah. You know, for and most then of the- punctuated with the weirdest Godzilla you'll ever see and, as far as what he looks like. And as a film, as a, as a kaiju film, I found that really strange. I also found it compelling. It was interesting to watch, even though, yes, it's a lot of bureaucracy nonsense. And that's kind of where I started, you know, going to the subject of doing a Godzilla film. It for one of our episodes. But yes, if you're going to talk about content-wise, this film is... I, I, I'm just shaking my head. You, you know, you can't... <laughs> it's just... What are they doing with this movie? Yeah, so it's a blender film. Throw everything in a blender and, and keep the lid off of the blender, but press on. <laughs> and there you go! Yeah. Your mess. It's Your mess is made, and that's what this is. It's a mess of a film, but it's, it's still worth watching, especially if you like the franchise. And definitely, it's worth watching after watching a lot of the other films. It works very yeah. well as kind of the end point of Godzilla. Yeah. Here's everything that we got, and we just dumped it right in front of you. Yep. So, John, thanks for uh, encouraging me to watch this again. And I actually saw Tokyo SOS for the first time because of this disc, too. So, thanks for all of that. And we'll talk about some other nonsense later. Can't wait. Good night, everybody. Good night. Take me seriously.